Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. This is a program where we talk about relationships and most often in marriage, but we will talk about other kinds of relationships if that's important to you. You can be part of this program by calling us. You call us through what's known as Blog Talk Radio at this telephone number. It's 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, you can call that number and just listen if you wish. But if you want to talk to us, when you hear the answer, you press the number one. That puts you into the queue. And when you get into the queue, you'll be have your call screen, and you can eventually get to us. My co-host is Kimberly Holmes. She is the CEO of Marriage Helper. So I work for her, which means I have to be on my P's and Q's and best behavior anytime that she's here. All times. <laughs> All times. Let's talk about something I think you do know something about, because you're a pretty strong personality, right? I would say that, yes. I would say that as well. <laughs> I would agree. I think anybody who's ever met you would say that you're a strong Probably personality. Probably so. Okay. Recently interacted with a couple, a strong personality, and she was. She was a very strong personality, and he was more laid back. Now, that doesn't make her better than him or him worse than her. That's mm-hmm. not that. That's not what we're talking about here. It's just very different temperaments, mm-hmm. very different ways of approaching life. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of difficulties do you think might exist? Just maybe an example or something. It might exist if the woman is a stronger personality and the husband is not a stronger personality. What kind of conflict or difficulty might come from that? Well, there's a first one that I'm thinking of, which is a societal perception of what marriage should be. The mm-hmm. husband is more domineering. He has, you know, he's the one who's going to make decisions, be more strong-willed and strong-headed. And so automatically you've turned that on its head mm-hmm. to where the woman is the one who's driven, more driven, more like that. And maybe the husband doesn't care as much. He's going to take a little bit of a second seat to her. And society's already going to look at that and tell them something's wrong. Many times I have worked with couples over the years where that they were being told by their people at church or by parents mm-hmm. or by friends saying, you need to toughen up, guy. When, when actually she was the stronger personality. And people would ask me, what do you think? Well, I think you need to be who you are. Mm-hmm. But as you're being who you are, understand some conflicts that can come between the two of you if that occurs. It's absolutely true. And one of the things that could happen between that is the wife can start disrespecting and running over her husband. Now it can happen the other way when the husband is more strong willed and the wife is, is more of that laid back personality that happens. But unfortunately it's just more expected, more commonplace, even though it's not right. So people don't necessarily raise an eyebrow. They don't. But if the woman's doing it, all of a sudden they're calling her names. Names we can't say here (laughs) without having to be censored, but Uh it is true. And what's sad is that when each of these people, you know, when they're working in their strengths and they learn how to work as a team in this, they can Mm -hmm. be a great team. Right. But if they have all of these things where if the wife is disrespecting towards her husband or she starts to say, well, why can't you be more like me? Or why Mm -hmm. don't you stand up to me more like people are telling me that you should, Mm -hmm. then that's when their marriage can start to break Mm -hmm. down. And that's why both of them have to be careful. She Mm -hmm. has to be careful not only not to run over him, 
But he has to understand that if, if he acts as if he's Casper Milk Toast, mm-hmm. if he asks as if he's this mild, meek little guy that has no backbone whatsoever, mm-hmm. she likely will lose respect for him. Right. And then we'll run over him just because of the fact that she doesn't respect him. Right. So let me give you two quick illustrations of this before we start taking our calls. The first was a case many years ago, a couple I interacted with, where that when he, the man, he was the, the milder personality of the two. When his mother had died, his wife stepped in and took over and did everything for the funeral, all those kinds of things. And then later in front of me was complaining that he's a wimp. And I said, he's not a wimp. He just wasn't operating at your speed, mm-hmm. meaning that he, you know, his mom died, first of all. Right. And, and most of us, if a parent dies, if we have relationship with them, mm-hmm. we tend to become a, a little boy, or a little girl for a while. Mm-hmm. But because he wasn't acting rapidly enough, mm-hmm. she stepped in and took over and did everything because she was a strong personality. And then she resented him that she did. But not only that. He resented her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could have taken care of my mom. Why did you do that? The word he used, he actually used this word. I felt emasculated. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be, give each other some patience, some time, understanding. So she, not only should she be careful not to run over him, but a more recent situation I ran into. Uh, the woman, the stronger personality, is now evo- involved with another man. And, and because the husband is more laid back and easygoing, he's thinking, well, maybe she just needs to work through this. And rather than standing up to her, he actually bought the tickets for her, the ticket for her to fly to meet her lover mm-hmm. and, and knows that she's going to be with him for like three or four days. Like I said, he bought the ticket. He's going to drive her oh, no. to the airport. Not only that, one day he actually drove her to meet him. Now, he's thinking, I'm showing her how much I love her, how much I'm trying to understand, how compassionate I am, how much he wants to be with her. But how do you think she's reading that? He's okay with this. Exactly. Well, she knows he's not, but she's reading it like this. You're not mm-hmm. fighting for right. me. You, you must not that. care if yeah. I'm winding up with this other guy. Right. So we're recommending a situation like that, that he does stand up. Now, it may not be his nature to be confrontational, but sometimes you have to be. Mm-hmm. And to look at her and say, you know, if you want to buy a ticket and fly to see him, I can't stop you, but I will not help you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about to drive you to the airport. I'm not about to drive you to meet him mm-hmm. because I love you. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm going to be strong. And so when you were younger, you were probably were given advice when you were dating to date strong young men. Yes, I was given that advice. And it is smart, probably, that I did. But I will say that you gave advice to my fiancé before we got married and mm-hmm. told him that he had to be strong-willed against me. Or I mean, I <laughs> You took this person who probably could have been so meek and mild-mannered and turned him in to someone who gives me a run for my money, which in the grand scheme of things is is good for us. Is what you need. It's what I need. You need people that can be strong enough to interact with you. And so even if you're the person who's laid back mild-mannered, now this, we've been talking about if the guy's a more mild-mannered guy Mm -hmm. and the woman is stronger, but it's, as you already pointed out, Kimberly, it's equally applicable if the genders are reversed. Mm -hmm. Be strong enough to stand up for yourself and to stand up for your marriage because people who are strong personalities wind up disrespecting people who appear to be weak. Mm. And just because you're laid back doesn't mean you're weak. Just because you're mild-mannered does not mean that you're weak. So demonstrate your strength. But they might not like conflict. And so it can look like they're weak because they're trying to keep peace. Mm -hmm. I was doing um, some training at an organization in the local area a couple of months ago. I went and did a lunch and learn. And there was a couple that was in that training at this business. And 
at one point he spoke up and he said, but what if you just have a situation where, you know, I'm high paced, I want to make decisions, things have to get done, and she needs more time, but things have to get done. So what are we supposed to do, right? Clearly, he is the, the dominant strong, one, yes, dominant right. one, mm-hmm. and she's the one who's trying to catch up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at him and I said, well, what if you just slowed down a little bit, got her input on things, and then brought her into the decision-making process? Because she doesn't want to fight with you. Right. She's not going to fight with you. So if, she does want to be involved. But she does want to yeah. be involved, mm-hmm. to which she spoke up when I said that and said, amen, say it again. And this couple. <laughs> so in other words, you fight for me. Yes. She said, listen to her. Uh, Literally, it was like I started doing a coaching session in front of the rest of these 35 people for this couple. And mm-hmm. you could tell pretty quickly exactly what needed to change. Mm-hmm. He needed to slow down. He needed to take a step back, and she needed to step up a little bit, but they needed and, to. And to be able to say up. that, I need you to slow down. I, I'm all for you being who you are, just like you're for me being who I am. But I, she needs to be the one to say, slow down, involve me. And that's what we're saying. If you're the layback partner, male or female, mm-hmm. be strong enough to do that, yeah. right? Absolutely. No, you hadn't told me about that visit over there. It sounds very interesting. I'll tell you more. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, let's go to our first caller here. We're going to go to Bill in New Jersey. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the program. Hello, Dr. Bean? Kimberly? Yeah. Yes. Uh, You're breaking up a little bit. All right. How's that better? There you are. Yes, yes, yes much that's better. much better. Okay. Thank you. I'm so surprised that I'm, I'm the first caller. I, like my mind is like, "Woo, my socks came off!" But thank you so much. Put them back on. It's cold in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, how can we help you, my friend? Well, as you know, my question is, how do I get my wife to? I don't. Just tell me what happened and, and why she's afraid to tell me. Uh, we separated over a year. I filed for divorce in August. Um, she came back for one day in in Dece- December 27th. She called me up crying like anything. I didn't even know it was her because I didn't have her phone number. So I happened to swipe the phone, and she said, this is Sheila. This is Sheila crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and get me. So I said, well, where are you? She says, at the store. That's where she works. Mm-hmm. She's also living with her boss. So I mm-hmm. went to get her. I said, do you want to go home? She says, yes. I brought her home. She's still crying. And she mm-hmm. calmed down. And she said to me, um, would you get me a car? Would would you? Uh, I don't have any clothes. I said, don't worry. I'll buy your clothes. Um, what if I didn't want to work? And would you adopt? And I said, yes to everything. So everything was fine. I think she was a little sick and tired. So she went up to the other bedroom. She didn't go into our bedroom. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, remember. Can so I ask you about a question you used a minute ago? I need to ask you a question. I'm not sure I heard over yeah. correctly. Did you use the word adopt? Are you willing to adopt? Did you say that, or did I just hear the wrong? Yeah, word? no. She said these are the questions she asked me, and I said yes to everything. Adapt, adopt whom? A child. Okay. In other words, there's not a specific child. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So yeah. can you kind of move forward a lot in the story there, friend? So where are you now? Yeah, I am. Okay. So around nine, so everything's fine till nine o'clock. I hear her on the, on her phone. So I sort of went to listen, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause that, you know, I don't want to see me, see her trying to spy and listen to what she says. 
So 940, she comes down. I'm sitting on the couch. She comes down and says, I have to talk to you. I said, mm-hmm. all right. I got up. I go in the kitchen. And she says, I got to leave. I got to move on. Mm-hmm. What happened? And then so I, I, I try to pin her down to why. And it's, I says, is it because something that you can't tell me that you did and, and you're afraid? And that's, that's all I got out of her. She shaked her head up and down. That was it. And so the mm-hmm. next day she left. She actually ran out of the house. Okay. And this was how long ago? Uh, December 27th. Okay. And what kind of interactions have you had with her since then? Uh, she texted me about on July, I mean, on January 4th. I'll see you in court. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, I want the divorce. Okay. And no, no other contact since then? No, no. None at all. Okay. All right. And so if I, I'm trying to understand then what specifically, my friend, Bill, what are you, what are you asking? How do, well, I, I'm, I sort of sense that if she tells me what happened and what she did, then maybe we can go on with our marriage. I think that's Possible. the clog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to get her to, you know, it's been a year. I can't get her to tell me what it is. The last time right. we talked was in, in July. We were face to face in my, in my car. And she says, I should have told you before. I said, well, why don't you mm-hmm. tell me now? But she has never told me. And I think that's okay. the biggest holdup. Plus, plus. The, and that was you know, how long ago when, when she first said that? July. That was how long ago? July. July. All right. So the first time she said, I need to tell you something, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, was in July. And right. the last time was in December, correct? Right. Okay. All right. So I think I got the picture now. Now, you do understand, Bill, that if if she's having no contact with you, it's going to be impossible for the fact that, that you get her to tell you something that she's keeping secret from you. Typically, Kimberly, would you agree with this, that when people are afraid to tell something, it's because they're afraid of a negative consequence. Mm-hmm. The negative consequence either from you or from society or negative consequence, see if I can talk, negative consequence from within me. Sure. In other words, sometimes saying things out loud, mm-hmm. you all of a sudden have to come face to face with mm-hmm. it. So sometimes people don't tell because they, they, they can't stand the idea of hearing their own words, I did this or I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And so if she's not telling, she's either afraid of consequences for herself, from you or somebody else, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. You concur with that? Sure, I do. Okay. Now, I must admit that when you said that happened in July, I'm thinking, well, that may mean something's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that's going to happen that she's afraid to tell you is going to happen. And the word adopt is what really caught my ear there. But that was in December. That was in December. But she first started it in July. Right. And, and when you said that, I uh, thought, okay, then that's probably not it. Because you can imagine, first thing I thought was if she said, are you willing to adopt? That she's gotten pregnant. That's what I, I thought that might be a possibility. <laughs> but if she's been uh, pregnant since July, you would know it you by now. It. Right. Okay. So obviously we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. She's not telling you because she's afraid. At this point, for whatever reason, either because of his influence or because of what else, something's going on, she has walled you off. Now, we talk about smart contact, which means that you interact with people in a way that actually facilitates communication. You don't mm-hmm. press things on people. You don't, you don't beg, you don't whine, you don't plead. You don't, you don't keep contacting them when they said, leave me alone. So unfortunately, Bill, in the situation you're in right now where she's cut off all contact with you, I don't know that there's any way for you at this point to know what it is she's afraid to tell you. If she proceeds with a divorce, and I, I hope that she does not. We are pro-marriage. We try to help people. But if she were to proceed with a divorce, if it's something of major consequence, my guess is at some point you're going to know what it is. Now, Kimberly, he said, mm-hmm. he said, I just feel like if she could tell me now, mm-hmm. maybe we could work things through. 
that's a possibility, but not necessarily a probability, is it? Right, because we don't know what it is. Exactly. There's so much unknown in that. And the really the only thing you can do, I mean, you could spend all your time and energy and effort worrying about what it is, trying to figure it out. But I don't know if that's really going to be helpful or beneficial to you in the long run. But what you can do is if you want to become a person that is creating a great foundation for her to tell eventually if she chooses to, then you focus on doing those habits now. Whenever you do talk, you know, if she were to call you again or when you do text instead of, and I don't know how you respond, but instead of doing the push behaviors that we talk about, trying to get her to say more to you, making her feel uneasy, you could just be there to listen to her or just listen to what she says or just respond, you know, softly, gently, and calmly like we teach in the things that we talk about at Marriage Helper. Um, and even if it gets to a point where you say, you know, I I am here for you. If there's ever th anything you want to share with me, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is if she tells you something, then you can't attack her for it. That's right. You have to be prepared to hear whatever it is mm -hmm. that she might have said if you're wanting to save the marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't care about the marriage, you could respond however you want. <laughs> but that's probably not the best thing to do as a human yeah. being. Yeah. Don't make a person a promise and then not keep it. I'm going to be right. a safe place. You can tell me anything. You what? No, that's mm -hmm. not right. That's not fair. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Let's move over to Virginia and talk to Lena. Hi, Lena. Is it pronounced Lena? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Hello? Lena, are you there? Yes, I'm okay. sorry. My line was uh, on. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Am I yes. pronouncing your name correctly? Good. How may we help you? Yes. Yes. Uh, the question is, I, I am aware that my husband, uh, for a few months now, and this is not the first time, is having an affair. But this mm -hmm. time it's a different person. Um, we moved because we're military. Um, mm -hmm. And although I have, I have confronted him about it, um, and I've had some, I've seen some proof, and I've took pictures of what I saw on on this phone because I saw stuff pop up on this phone. Um, but I never let him know that I have it, that I took pictures of it. I just let him know that I saw it. And he continues mm -hmm. to deny mm -hmm. that that's happening. Although how did he react when you, when you told him that you had looked at his phone and saw those things? How did he react to that? Oh, he was upset because he knows I've done it in the past. That's, that's how I found out about the first time. Mm -hmm. And we are military, so we moved from the last place where the last person was. And I think that mm -hmm. continues still via phone and stuff. Um, but I think now it's ended because there's someone new. But um, he seems to see this person. I think he sees this person daily, um, like mm -hmm. after work or something, and tells me lies. You know, he lies about his whereabouts. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just trying to understand, you know, you, he's and we just purchased a house about a year or so ago, so it's not wow. that long. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm not understanding the non admittance to what he's doing. He admitted the first one because I, I mm -hmm. showed him what I saw, and it wasn't going through his phone. It happened to be an old phone that the picture popped mm -hmm. up on. But mm -hmm. why is he not admitting? Yes, I'm doing this, continuously okay. denying. And he's right. not – he still wants to be intimate and stuff like that. So it's not like he mm – -hmm. at one point he was pushing me away, but not now. Um, okay. So I'm not understanding. Well, I'm generally speaking, 
this is generally speaking. Generally speaking, there are three kinds of liars. Now, because I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that he's lying. And generally speaking, there's three kinds of liars. The first kind of liar is what I would call the uh, get-out-of-trouble liar. And the get-out-of-trouble liar is, if I tell the truth about this, I'm going to have a negative consequence that I don't want to face. Now, even if they know that you know, by denying it, they still are hoping somehow that diminishes the consequence. You right. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know you know, but if I keep denying it, I mean, look at, um, I don't mean to be political, but look at politicians who get into trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of my lifetime, I'm not talking about the current, I'm talking about all of my lifetime. Politicians mm-hmm. get into trouble, they deny, 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 deny. As a matter of fact, they're taught to deny. And it's like, even when people know whatever, and again, I'm not being political about now. I'm not. But even if they know, it's like, well, but but the consequence will probably be less if I keep denying. And so get out of trouble. Liars are people who are afraid of the negative consequence. I don't want this to happen to me. And so therefore they just deny. They lie. They lie. They lie. lie, lie. And they're trying to avoid the trouble. There's a second kind of liar, interestingly, and I don't know that this would be applicable to your husband in this situation you're describing. The second kind of liar is the protective liar. Now, the protective Mm -hmm. liar is a person that lies to you. Because they think by doing so, they're protecting you from something that would hurt you. Mm-hmm. There's a couple we uh, that I knew back when I lived back in South Carolina, and, and he's a nurse. His wife had a degenerate disease. And after each phase, she would say, what's going to happen next? And he knew what was going to happen next. Mm. But he would tell her something different. Mm, and, the, and the reason he did yeah. was because he didn't want her to worry about what was coming. Right. So he just wouldn't tell her the truth. Finally, he understood that it was doing more damage because, first of all, she thought he's got to be the worst nurse in the world. <laughs> he never Don't gets it. Him. He never gets it right. But the second thing was, once he started telling her the truth, they were able to face it together. Mm-hmm. So there's the protective liar. I'm lying because I think I'm protecting you. So mm-hmm. the first one is I'm protecting me, particularly for some negative consequence. So get out of trouble. The second is I'm trying to protect you. The third. And this, and again, these are generalities, okay? The third is the liar, liar. Mm. And that's just a person who just lies. Uh, I remember a young man from uh, a high school that, uh, <clears throat> not, not that I was in, but I knew this young man in high school. He lied about everything. He just lied. And, and no matter what you were talking about, you never knew when to believe him and when not to believe him. Yep. Now, there's probably some deep-seated psychological things going yes. under that. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I mean, you're the psychologist, not I. And pardon me, my earphone was choking me. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> and so there's the, the liar, liar. And, and with those people, they have to have professional help. They do. It's just that simple. And so you say, why is he lying to you? Either he thinks he's protecting you or he's protecting himself from something. And that's the short answer as to why. Now, the question for you is, if you know he's lying, and this is the second affair, why are you continuing to let things go on as they're going now? And I would recommend that you go find one of our podcasts. I, I'm, I think they can find this on Blog Talk Radio. If not, you can call our office and they'll help you find this podcast. It's called The Definitive Guide to Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Now, we've, we stopped calling them boundaries a long time ago, but I made this one a couple of years ago and we still call them boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend that if you have a spouse that's continuing to lie to you or things like that, that you think about where the boundaries are going to be. 
and rather than and, and that video or that audio, I should say, is an hour and fifteen minutes long. So we're not going to replicate that here. But it's the definitive guide to boundaries by mm-hmm. by Joe Beam. Mm-hmm. If you can't find it with Google, you call it's our, on our office. It's on our website too. It's on our uh, website as well. Com. If you type in boundaries, in and Jesse's sharing it in the comments. Oh, and it's being put in the comments where Jesse. On YouTube and Facebook. So if you're watching by YouTube or Facebook, you can see it in the contest. If you're just listening by Blog Talk, then uh, go to marriagehelper.com. Marriagehelper.com. Type in the search bar, type in boundaries, and you'll be able to find it. Excellent. Very Mm -hmm. good. So now we're moving to Utah to Richard. Hi, Richard. How may we help you today? Okay. I have a very different question. Okay. Um, I've been listening to the podcast. Love it. I got the reconciliation toolkit. Love that. I've been talking to my wife, and mm-hmm. we've been answering and asking questions that we don't get normally in therapy. So you're by wow. above and beyond, well above what's going on in normal situations. So I love the information. Mm. Good. Here's the question. All right. How important is the in being in love feeling? And if it is important, how do we develop it healthily in a healthy way? Not limerence, but the actual healthy version of, let's say, limerence, should I say? Hmm. I think that's an excellent it's question. It's a really good question. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? As he was saying it, I was like, Joe's the person to ask. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right, because just starting with it, it's, well, the feeling of being in love is different for everyone. Yeah, everybody. Everyone. So how do you even start defining that? And there's research that we refer to in the workshops that we do and different things from there, but Joe, you take it away. <laughs> Here, throw it to Joe later, man. Richard, I think it's an excellent question. I really do. And, and Kimberly is right in the sense of when we talk about feeling in love, we're not sure that everybody is actually describing the same thing. So here's a recommendation. You can get this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. There's a book called Cupid's Arrow. Cupid's Arrow. It's by Sternberg, Robert Sternberg. And, and I think it's like 15 bucks or something. Now, if you get that book, and again, of course, I get no royalty off that book. But this is just, you know, it's not a commercial. If you get that book, in there, he actually has a way to measure love when it comes to relationship. And, and they measure three things. They measure the commitment that you have to each other. They measure the intimacy you have with each other. Now, intimacy here is not describing sex. Intimacy here is describing into me, see. In other words, openness, transparency, vulnerability, the trust, those kinds of things. And then it also measures passion. Now, passion, while it has a sexual dimension, here is still not totally sexual. It has to do with a craving for oneness. How much do I miss you when you're not in a room? What do I think about you? Now, you and your bride, if you decide to get that book and take this thing, uh, go through it the first time, and you'll be answering. There's 15 questions. You're right on a scale of 1 to 9. I'm sorry. There's 45 questions on a scale of 1 to 9. And you'll go through writing, what do I wish I had? Okay? That's the first thing you do. What do I wish I had on a scale of 1 to 9? Then you go back through it a second time, and you write, here's what I believe I have. So the first one is what I want. The second one is what I believe I have now. Now, the book will instruct you on how to draw some triangles from that. And if you draw those triangles, you can get a real an, an idea. Now, both you and your wife would be the people who do this. And so let's see. I'm, I'm not going to draw a triangle. I'll, I'll draw one in the air here. Can you see that? <laughs> if you have a triangle, then what you look for is where is the biggest gap between what I want and what I believe that I have? And so let's say it was passion. Like not, there's a big gap there between what I believe, what I have and what I want, or it could be intimacy or it could be a commitment, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. You and your wives look, you and your wife, not wives, that's not a good thing, that's poor. You and your wife look at those things and go, okay, now how, how can we work together in a relationship to develop more of that? Mm-hmm. So to develop more passion, mm-hmm. to develop more intimacy. And so rather than saying, wow, I don't know if we feel in love or not, this actually gives you a path. Right. Like this is the thing we can work on. Mm-hmm. We can work on this or that. Now, when you get to that, you may still have a question like, mm, I'm not sure how to work on increasing passion or not sure how to work on increasing intimacy. And if that's the case, call us back because we can definitely give you suggestions about that. For example, there's a, there's a product online. Now, this is primarily a sexual product, but, but it can help you develop both intimacy. And by that, I don't mean just sex. I mean openness, transparency, mm-hmm. vulnerability because of what you were talking about just a minute ago. It's a thing that gets you to talk about a lot of things mm-hmm. and it's called uh, the spark. Mm-hmm. And there's a website for that. I can't remember that. Sparkyourmarriage.com. Sparkyourmarriage.com. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I wish I could remember that. I actually did that series. It's uh, and along with a bunch of other people helping me on that. For example, I'll teach on there and then uh, we'll have an actor couple talk things out to kind of demonstrate things for you. No, no sex on the videos. Okay. Teaching and actors talking. And it goes, if you go through all of it, it winds up being seven and a half hours. No, in little pieces, of course. And there's also some evaluations there, like how to evaluate your sexual compatibility, Mm -hmm. how to evaluate um, all kinds of things, your own sexuality, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Now, while it's primarily a product about sex, it, develops more intimacy because of the conversations you have when you talk about that. And so you can go sparkyourmarriage.com and find that out there. It's not a product of Marriage Helper. It's another company that has that. Uh, I did it for somebody else is what I'm saying. And, and you can go from there. But first, I would recommend the $15 book. And if that helps you get where you want to go by showing you where the gaps are, awesome. Then I would recommend that if you want to get more passion and intimacy, you check out sparkyourmarriage.com. You know, I also did a video that I can't remember the title of it, but I'm hoping Jesse can find it real quick, where I talked about these three tenets. So I didn't talk about the gaps in it and things like that. But, you know, we what we start seeing and especially where this question stemmed from is, you know, I have the this commitment to it. And the question that was written on our page, it said, how important is feeling in love versus having the duty and honor? And again, in our society, there's kind of this thought of, well, if you don't feel it, then move on and find someone that you feel it for. And it's all based on feelings. So in this video, I go through why that's not the best way to evaluate whether or not you've married the right person. And then I talk quickly about the commitment, the intimacy, the passion, why that matters, you know, how we at Marriage Helper can help you to get those things. But here's my, my warning is if you go through the 45 questions, like Joe said, be aware that there might be large gaps and mm-hmm. it's okay. So yeah, don't panic. If you look at your wife's score and she has a one for commitment, you might freak out. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Yeah. Right. But it's all fixable is what, mm-hmm. is what it is, what we're saying. And so you can develop, it might not be those feelings of butterflies in your stomach again, like you had the first time that you dated or were in limerent, so to say, or anything like that. But the feeling that you can come out of this with, with what your relationship has is something deeper and stronger that will last a longer time and isn't going to fluctuate based on a day-to-day basis. And that's a good point because, because the butterflies in the stomach kind of thing, Mm -hmm. that's what the media pushes. Now, I don't mean the news. I mean, TV shows, mm-hmm. um, movies, romance novels, all these Hallmark kinds of Channel things. At Christmas. <laughs> well, 
or any time of the year. <laughs> and it's all about, oh, you're going to feel these amazing things. But in life, in life, you do feel those things, but you typically don't feel them every day. Now, in a young love, what I mean is it's fresh. It hasn't been, that, it hasn't been going on that long. Those feelings tend to be more intense. But as you go through life, as you get older and live together longer, then the intensities of those emotions tend to decrease a little, but the depth of those emotions becomes much more powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm having a, an excited moment right here, but the depth of what I feel, it's so blooming powerful and connecting to the other person. And so the emotions themselves, you're right, absolutely, will change with time. Mm-hmm. And okay? that's okay. So yeah, if you do that, and that's a good point. Uh, if you go take that thing, don't freak out right. on the scores. Just use it to go, okay, here's what we need to do next. All right. Now let's go to Indiana. Let's see. No, no, no. Where did that thing just disappear? No, it's Georgia. We're going to go to Tanya down in Georgia. Hi, Tanya. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. And yourself? Now we're doing extremely well. How may we help you? Yes, sir. Um, my husband and I are actually scheduled to go to your couple's um, workshop at the end of March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little nervous. Uh, it's such a long time away, and um, I'm starting to lose steam. I've been working on my pies. Um, I've subscribed to your online course. I've done that. Um, mm-hmm. We even went to see um, a Gottman-approved therapist, but mm-hmm. she wasn't very um, encouraging, I should say. She kept putting divorce before us, and, of course, my husband wanted to hear that. Um, he oh. had been threatening me uh, with a divorce um, just about every day. But he has agreed um, to do counseling. We have another session um, February 20th, but I don't think I'm going to go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just give you a little background information if you have time. Um, before we, we have a couple dating, of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Before we were, um, okay. got married, um, my husband used to ask me all the time if I you know, had any intimate relations prior to him. Um, mm-hmm. I come from a very strict religious background, and so sex, mm-hmm. you know, without being married is very frowned upon. And so I told him no, when in actuality mm-hmm. I did. He would ask me every day, and I would say no, no, no. And then finally um, I admitted to it that, yes, I was intimate with um, someone. And it's just been downhill ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we celebrated um our anniversary recently, he gave me a card and said, my gift to you is that I want to extend forgiveness. Let's just start over um, mm-hmm. with everything. Um, but, and, but he hasn't been here in three days. And so I, I, it just feels like I'm by myself again. So and, he abandoned um, you? He's living someplace else? Yes. Well, he moved. Yeah. He prior to, um, you know, starting over again with the anniversary card, he had, mm-hmm. we were separated. Um, he was mm-hmm. here for a week, and now um, we're separated again. He said he, he told me he feels awkward around me um, because mm-hmm. he feels like he can't trust me um, because I mm-hmm. didn't tell him the truth about a prior mm-hmm. relationship that I'd had six years yeah. before I started dating him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question to you is I don't know what to do between now and March. I feel okay. like um, I watch your videos all the time. Um, I've done the course. I'm looking forward to that. I'm working on my pies, but it, he's growing cold again, and I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Okay. Is in so far at least he's still willing to come with you in March? Yes. Yes. I even brought Good. it up today, and he was. He said, "Okay, yes." Good. Excellent. Now, um, 
First thing, if, if your client representative here with us has not sent it to you already, please contact mm-hmm. him or her and tell them that you want the video that I did that we send to people after they enroll in the course, but before they get here. And uh, did, yes. did you by any chance already get that? Yes, I look at it all the time, actually. And okay. That has been very helpful. It keeps me going, yes. Good. Good. My recommendation is the following. Obviously, it's your decisions. You make your decisions about your life. And I'm going to ask Kimberly to chime in on this as well. But my suggestion, number one, number one, if you believe that that therapist is doing more harm than good, then mm-hmm. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Would you agree, Kimberly, for, oh, not, wanting, for not wanting to go back? Absolutely. Now, we're not anti-therapists, and we certainly aren't trying to take you away from your therapist because that's un- sure. unethical, and we don't do unethical things. But if that, if that therapist is doing things that's causing damage to your marriage, mm-hmm. then my suggestion would be, why would you go back? Why would you want somebody to do something that makes things worse? Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that he's mm-hmm. is it a male or a female therapist? Female. Female. The fact that she's approved by Gottman is actually a good thing. But as you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to be good at what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, okay. we try to vet counselors and therapists all the time ourselves when we, if we know them, if we run into them. Mm-hmm. And we look for lots of things. Um, but okay. so, yes, it's good that she's vetted by or, or certified or whatever by Gottman. But, but if mm-hmm. she's doing harm, my, I would strongly recommend you not go back. It's your choice. The second thing is okay. I don't think I would do anything very different than what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. until 20th of March. Is that when you said March 20th? Okay. Is that the day? Yes. The, yes. Mm-hmm. You see, pushing is not going to help. Pulling away is not mm-hmm. going to help. He's already mm-hmm. pulled away to some degree. Uh, mm-hmm. have, do you have our short uh, audio series, uh, or actually it's a video series, about smart contact? Um, I've looked at it on YouTube, yes. Okay, but is not the, the longer version. Talking about? This one's longer. I want to give it to okay. you. Who is your, who is your client, okay. client representative with us? Rusty. Rusty is. Okay. I'm going to talk to Rusty, Tanya, and I'm going to tell him okay. to give you the smart contact course. Okay. It's an, okay. it's uh, it's videos and it will give you more ideas about what to do in terms of smart contact between now and the time you come to the workshop. But my recommendation, you know and Kimberly, sure I'm asking you to jump in. Hmm? Please. What did you say? I'm sorry. I think I have, is that the one that was for $7? I think I have that. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. It's oh, 27, okay, okay. but it doesn't matter oh, because okay. you're getting it for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a $27 one. Um, Kimberly and I spent a couple of hours sitting right here mm-hmm. in front of these cameras and recording, trying to talk about everything about smart contact that we thought people needed to know. Mm-hmm. And, and we're okay. getting tremendous feedback mm-hmm. from it. Really I mean, are. tremendous feedback Good. from it. And so I want to give that to you, and I'll tell Rusty that, mm-hmm. that I want you mm-hmm. to have that as our gift. Listen to it. Okay. Watch it. Pay attention to it. And then try not to think too much about these things before you get here. Mm-hmm. Because when you start overthinking, okay. you start mm-hmm. overacting, and that can work against you. I'm glad you're coming to the workshop. Okay. I look forward to meeting you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank you, Thank you so Tanya. Much. You're very welcome, Tanya. You take care, okay? Okay. Thanks. You too. All right. All right. Okay, let's see. Kimberly, we have so many people out here. I'm just trying to find the ones that might be most representative of most people. I don't know exactly what this one means. Do you? Well, let's just let's find, find out. Let's find out. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Tennessee, and we're going to talk to James. Hi, James. How are you today? I'm good, sir. How are you? We're rocking and bopping. How may we help you, my friend? Um, 
I, I started coming to, uh, reaching out to marriage helpers, um, November of this, uh, last year, um, beginning of December, my wife and I separated, um, due to certain issues. Um, my wife and I just actually moved, I just moved back in with my wife, um, this weekend and in the process, my family has disowned me. Um, this morning, my wife sent me a message, um, basically telling me that, you know, what she's looking for is a partner, um, someone who will discuss everything with her, um, that I need to step up as a husband and as a father, as a potential husband and a father, um, and what led to my wife and I separating for two months was, um, my wife had a boyfriend who, um, lied to the police and had me arrested and mm-hmm. with me getting arrested, a, um, order of protection was put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife and I, a couple of weeks ago, start restarted talking after all of that was after we mm-hmm. were allowed to start talking again. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've literally just moved back in and she's already like, I don't think we're going to work. I want to be civil. Hmm. Like I, I filed for divorce. I just signed the paperwork on Friday for the um, reconciliation. Um, Mm -hmm. Try and work through that. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, like I'm, I'm the stay-at-home parent. You know, I work part-time. I go to school. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to take care of my kids. I'm trying to be the husband mm-hmm. that she wants. But my, like, what led to the conversation this morning was I told her I don't feel comfortable with her talking to the mm-hmm. the person that she has the affair with. And she's right. like, he's my best friend. You're not. You know, you haven't been. I'm not going to cut mm-hmm. him out for you. And I don't know how to approach. Trying, when it comes to your to James, let me ask you a, a question or two about your wife, if I may. Is your wife like a, a strong personality type person, or not? Yes and no. Um, she's re- how, she used to how long not, does it take her to make a decision? If if she has something in front of her, how quickly does she react to make a decision? Um, most of her decisions are based off of what she wants, um, and she makes. Them I understand quickly. that, but how quickly does she make them? How rapidly does she make decisions? Very. Very rapidly. Okay, and and she's pretty vocal about what she thinks and what she feels. Is that correct? Depending on the situation, yeah. Okay, and um, and but but you are a guy who kind of thinks things through before you do things. Is that correct? Yes, sir. He's thinking about the answer. <laughs> did, did I lose you, James? Oh, no, no, I, I, I said yes, sir. Okay, okay, I didn't hear you. And so the, the, you are much like the couple that we were discussing when we first came on the air mm-hmm. uh, at, tw- at 12.30 Central Time here, much, much like that. The situation that you're looking at here is, is kind of reverse from what many people have, where it's mm-hmm. the guy who is the stronger personality, if you will. It doesn't mean you're weak. You're certainly not weak. It's just that she's more forceful than you are. It doesn't mean she's better. It doesn't mean she's worse. It's just that people are different. And, and people like that, sometimes you have to, um, 
you have to speak their language. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that, that you can re- make a request, like I don't want you to talk to him. And the kind of personality that she appears to be, based on what you're saying, of course, I haven't met her. Based on what you're saying, the kind of personality that she seems to be would very quickly respond, well, he's my best friend. You're not. I'm going to talk to him. That would go with that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves it up to you to make a decision one way or the other. Either A, I accept that, or B, I don't accept that. Now, my understanding based on what I'm hearing here is that you don't want that to occur, that that's painful for you, correct? It, it's painful for me. And before she and I separated, you know, she had told him once, Hey, you know, I, I, I'm wanting to try and make this work with my husband. And he was like, Oh yeah, fine. Hey, come over, hang out. You know, we'll have some friends over. Got her drunk. Yeah. And then, you know, hmm. but, and I, I, I used to be a very forceful personality. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, Why did it change? Um, in, Why did it change? Uh, the, in the past year, I, I lost a really good job. Um, my mm-hmm. mother passed away from breast cancer. Like, just, it, it was one of those, like, it's been one of those years where. So you've I, lost I've confidence. Been, Is that correct? A, a little you've lost bit confidence in you? Okay. Uh, well, James, as we talk about this thing, understand that, that what's going on here, first of all, I, I, I get a picture as to why his family is not happy, because if indeed her, quote, boyfriend, end quote, lied about him, got him arrested, and, he, and, and right. those kinds of things happen. They're being protective. I mean, I would be pretty ticked if yeah. I were a dad or a mom, mm-hmm. and, and that happened to one of my children, and then my child wanted to go back to the person who made that happen. So we can see the family side. But while you want to listen to your family in the sense of knowing that they love you and they care about you, but at the same time, understand that your family is also biased. And, and that's, not, that's not a bad thing. They're biased for you. But that also means that the way they look at things are different. Now, here's what I'm reading between the lines. Kimberly, I'm making an interpretation here. and You can tell me if I'm overstepping. It sounds to me like that they think that he should be stronger, that he should stand up. And that's why they're saying we're disowning you because they feel that there are things he needs to be doing, like standing up to her, not going back like this, et cetera, et cetera. And by his not doing that, they're saying we disown you because they're trying to motivate him to do what they think he should do. Mm. Does that sound like it might be happening? It could be. Okay. Obviously there are different scenarios, Mm -hmm. but that's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. What it boils down to ultimately, James, is what you want to do. I hate that your mother died. I'm so sorry. I mean, that's a painful, painful thing. My mother died just a few months ago as well. But when it comes to what you're going to do here, my friend, it's either you're going to let her run over you, which if you want, you can, or you can stand up and say, I know he's your best friend, but if we have any hope of putting this back together, then, then we can't have that continue. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're ready to make that stand, then do. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to make that stand, then don't. Because if you make that kind of stand, you've mm-hmm. got to back it. You, you can't make it and then back off of it, right? right. Otherwise, it's going to teach her that it doesn't matter what you say. She can continue to do what she wants, you know, all of those things. My thing that I thought of in this um, in just thinking about all of this happening. There's a lot of loss that, that James has, has experienced with the a job. Lot of, with, yeah, a lot of loss. I mean, just everything. That's a lot to handle. So having a good support system, someone who is going to be there for you to encourage you, even not to talk about your marriage stuff with, but just someone that is there, I think would be a great, a really great key here. And then another thing is 
don't let the conversation happen through message. You said that it started in, you know, talking to each other this morning, but then you got a message from her saying that she thinks that you should be this, that, or the other, you know, have her say that to you and talk about it. It doesn't need to happen through an email or a Facebook message or text, whatever it was. That's not, I wouldn't respond through message. If I got that in a message, I wouldn't respond to it there. I'd wait till they got home and I'd say, let's talk about this. What did you mean by this? Right. And so my friend, I'm sure you're a strong person. I don't know. You may not feel strong right now based on all the things that have happened to you in the last year. Mm -hmm. But at this point, my recommendation, you you do what you think is best for you. I don't know your wife. I don't know you. We're just reacting to what you've said to us. Mm -hmm. But my recommendation would be stand up. And don't be mean, don't be mad, don't yell, don't scream. That doesn't accomplish anything. But that, that you be strong enough to take care of yourself and say, this is acceptable, this is not. Now, I recommended to a previous caller, go find our, uh, if you go to marriagehelper.com, you can look for it there. Just type in the word boundaries, and there's an hour and 15-minute audio on our website somewhere, and it can help you understand how to do this if you choose to do this. But again, it's your choice, my friend. And I'm so sorry for the pain that you're in. Now we're going to go to Idaho and to Marissa. Hi, Marissa. How may we help you? Yes. Um, I have, well, my husband has been seeing someone else since about before Thanksgiving and Mm. we've been pretty private about everything. And we never said we weren't going to talk about it to a family or that we weren't going to talk about it to family. But yesterday, the other woman decided to tag him on Facebook with photos of them together when they were um, out this weekend. Um, so now I'm trying to figure out how to address this with people when they do call me, which I've had a few call- concern calls. But ultimately, how do I address this with my children? Um, I've kind of just told him daddy has been on a a chance to find himself. Um, I asked for separation on Christmas for two weeks um, just to to give him a chance to get out of the valley because he was back Mm -hmm. and forth. Mm -hmm. And then he didn't come back after that two weeks. He chose not to come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so where's where he living his, now? Is, is he living with he's her? He's living with her. As far as I know, okay. um, at one point he said he couldn't be with her at her house because of her kids, but I feel that's where he's at. Okay. Mm. And how old are your kids? Nine and 12. Okay. And uh, relatively mature, nine and 12. I mean, they can comprehend My all son, these things. Yes. Yes, he, okay. he wants to know what's going on, I'm, but I'm fearful of how he may react to his father. And that also goes along with should he, he, my son has to go to regular PT appointments. And usually I make those so that my husband can take him because on his days mm-hmm. off because I have work weekends. So it's harder mm-hmm. for me to take him during the week. But should I ask him and say, hey, can you still make these appointments or do you want me to stop tr- making them on your days off? Because he has one coming up this Friday, and I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to take him or not. I don't know if I should just take him to work with me or if I should. Is your husband trying just... to avoid your children at this point? He, he hasn't really asked about them. He seems to be really in it with this other woman and her family, which has kid, one child similar age, and the other ones are older. Mm-hmm. Right. The sad and thing I don't is know if it's limerence, mm-hmm. but it's it's something. Yeah. 
the sad thing is, and Kimberly and I have both seen this several times, that it's, it's not unusual that they that a man particularly, it can happen with women as well, but it seems to happen more often with men, that when they get involved with a woman with children, they tend to neglect their own children yeah. and, and focus on the other woman's children. We've seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. And, and it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Here's my suggestion, and then we'll see what the psychologist here says. She's a psychologist. I study sexology and, and those kinds of things, marital satisfaction. I'm a researcher. She's a psychologist. My recommendation would be this. <clears throat> Call him and say, Since she has posted this on social media, there are many people who now know about it, including our children and our son's asking lots of questions and he has a right to know. Now, this is what I recommend you do. You you do what you think is best, but this is my recommendation. You say, I need you to come to the house and we're going to sit down with the kids and we're going to tell them together what you're doing. You need to tell them where you are, where you're living and what you're doing. Tell them the truth. And you don't need to give gory details, but you need to tell them the truth. Now, I'm going to be there to make sure that what you tell them actually is true. And so if they, if they look at me at that cor- in the course of that and say, Mom, how do you feel about that? I will also tell the truth. I'll tell them I'm hurt, and I hope that, you work through, that, that Dad works through things and that Dad can come back home. Do not assure him. Assure him up front. If, if, when you come and do this, and, and the kids deserve this, they deserve you being there for this. And when you do it, I promise you I will not throw you under the bus. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to say terrible things about you in front of your children. I'm not going to say terrible things about you even after you leave because I know that you're their dad and I'm not going to try to destroy the relationship you have with them. And I'm going to make that commitment that promised you, but you really, really need to come tell them this. They deserve it. I'm going to be there. Tell them the truth. I'll tell them the truth, but I won't throw you under the bus. If he says, no, I don't know if I want to do that. You say, then if you don't, I will. But, I'd rather you be there because that's what they deserve. But if you don't come, I will. So if you want to be represented where you feel that the kids really know what's going on and really understand you, then you need to be there. And then if you do that, you give a deadline. Like it's going to happen by Wednesday week or something like that. Now, if he comes, good. But you've got to live up to that promise. You can't throw him under the bus. You can't attack him in front of the kids. As a matter of fact, it's never going to benefit your children for you to attack him at all. But you Mm -hmm. don't sound like the kind of person who would do that anyway. If he doesn't come, you really need to follow through. Because I'll guarantee you, once it's out there in public, there are other people that are going to be telling your kids all about it. And therefore, you don't need to wait very long. You really don't need to wait Mm -hmm. very long at all. I wouldn't even wait till Wednesday week. I'd make it happen this week if it were I. Your choice, but that's what I would do if I were I, because they're going to be hearing from other friends, other people, and believe it or not, the way this world works, there's even going to be probably an adult or two that'll run into your kids somewhere and say, "Oh, I saw that your dad's living with somebody else." They need to be equipped for that. Now they're going to have questions of dad, they're going to have questions of you, and if you have this meeting, whether he's there or not, they're going to have questions afterwards. I love what you said earlier. Dad's trying to find himself. I love that. You're not throwing him away. You're not saying he's evil, terrible thing. But at the same time, you're not justifying what he's doing either. And I think that's a very good. Kimberly, what do you need to add to that? What did I not say that should be said there? No, I, all of that is, is great. The question, one of the questions that Marissa had said was, what do I do about the physical therapy appointment, right? Mm-hmm. He typically would do this. Mm-hmm. 
I would go forward business as usual until I knew otherwise. Right. So I would assume he's been doing this. I'm going to, he's, I'm going to ask him if he is going to continue and make plans that way. Cause otherwise you're assuming mm-hmm. his part of it, which you don't need to do right now. You Correct. have no clue that part of it. So, and it's a great reason to reach out when we talk about smart contact, that's a perfect example of, Hey, he has a, and I would probably just assume it saying, Hey, he has a physical therapy appointment on Friday. Right. And assume the close. Right. Assume that it's going to happen and mm-hmm. let it let it happen. I so would as well. I would do the same thing. That's how I would handle it. Because if he's gravitating more toward the other kids, I wouldn't give him any out mm-hmm. for his own kids unless mm-hmm. he takes that Exactly. Out. Okay. And as to the other people that call you, uh, if you do what you think is best. But understand that if you say things that are eventually going to go to the community and get back to your husband, mm-hmm. he's going to feel that you're you're throwing him under the bus, that you're, you're poisoning the well. And so if it were I, what I would do when these other people call is I'd say, yes, we're going to a difficulty right now. Thank you for understanding. And I wouldn't tell them any more about that. You don't have to all. justify anything. No, you do not. You don't. You do not. Okay. We're going to do one other very fast call here. We're going to go now over to the state of Texas. Hi, Scott. How are you? Oh, uh, getting by. Thank you. Thank you for taking my okay. call. You're very welcome. How may we help you today, my friend? So just a little bit of background. Uh, my wife had started to pull away from me about a year and a half ago and stopped wearing mm-hmm. a ring and didn't want to kiss or you know hug and those kinds of things. And when I asked about it, I would always get some kind of answer. And I so I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really realize what was going on. This past November, she told me she wants to separate. And mm-hmm. I was devastated, obviously. Um mm-hmm. I've come to find out since then that she's been having an affair, and mm. I, I made all the classic mistakes I, before I before I found you all. You know, I did the begging and the pleading, and let's yeah. go to marriage counseling. We picked a terrible yeah. marriage counselor, and so I've been I've been watching your videos. I've been working with Rusty to try to get my wife to come to Nashville, and so far she just mm-hmm. shut me down on that. I've asked her all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, before I stopped snooping on the phone, um, you know, I'd found out that about the affair that way. And also if she filed for a divorce before, I, before even telling me any of this was going on. Um, so I've been playing catch up, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to determine whether this affair is purely sexual or whether she's in limerence. Um, there's evidence mm-hmm. of both. And, and I'm trying to determine, I guess, which one and, and whether that matters. You know, the text that I saw would, would indicate that a lot of times she would uh, reach out to him and see if he was busy or whatever. And, and sometimes he would say, yeah, come over. Or sometimes he would say, no, my daughter's here. Or, or even, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I can't do it today. I'm getting a haircut. And there, there's never been any, like, I love you or I can't wait to be together or anything like that. So but it then sounds a lot of sexual, doesn't it? Are also, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then a lot of her behaviors are also sort of like what I what I heard you say in your, your podcast about limits, where she's rewriting history and telling me she never mm-hmm. loved me and um, vilifying Scott me understand. to other people. Scott, understand so, that she could be in limerence and he may not be. That happens. Yeah. Sometimes you have one person who is in limerence and the other person just taking advantage of the situation. And so there is a possibility that she could be in limerence, but he's not. And he's just taking advantage of, of what he can take advantage of here. Would, would any of that change what you do? 
knowing that one way or the other. That's what I'm kind of wondering, like, should it matter? I, and the reason I'm asking is because she has not admitted this to me. She, she, she is, I've asked her if there was someone else and she said no. And, and I've, yeah. you know, I've caught her in several lies. My daughter mm-hmm. also asked her if there was someone else. And she also told mm-hmm. my daughter, no, now I can understand her not wanting to come clean with that. Yeah. I, I recently tried at, at, I've been working with Rusty, and I've been working with um, Vinny as my coach, and they kind of mm-hmm. gave me some pointers about how to how to try to ask her to, to come to Nashville to to be with you all, and mm-hmm. I just did that. I had a business trip last week, and I had asked her, and she, you know, she seemed like she was open to the possibility, but then when I got home, not only have we not talked about it, but all I got was really a note from my lawyer. I had the lawyer up based on, you know, what she was doing. Right. I understand. And all I got was, you know, she she is still set against reconciliation and we need to move this mm-hmm. divorce forward. Her 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 thing is she just wants to move this divorce forward as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And even though it it's obviously detrimental to the kids and it's detrimental to our financial situation, she doesn't care. Yeah. That leads me okay. to believe that it might be limerence because she's not really being <laughs> rational about it. It could be, um, but when it, when it when it comes down to it, my friend Scott, it really is the same. You would be doing the same things whether she's in limerence or not. If you obviously you still love this woman, right? I definitely do. Yeah, and and I understand that you want to make this marriage work, and we're on your side. We would love to help you do that if we can. But in the situation that you're in, it's the same thing, the the same steps you would do, whether it was just sexual or whether it's limerence, which means that because you cannot change her. You can only change you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talk about the pies, pies. in a safe place. Absolutely. I thought you were <laughs> going to say something here. <laughs> I, no, I didn't know you want. And yes, I mean, I agree. It doesn't, nec- it doesn't change what you do. I mean, when, recon- when, it time, when time comes for reconciliation and different things like that, it might make a little bit of a difference. But at, right now, it doesn't. Right now. And if you want to know more about pies, you have done a few videos on the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. That's what pies are. Yes. And um, if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper. And subscribe. And subscribe. And that way you'll know because we, we put two or three new videos a week over there. Yeah, right? we do. And there's over 300 videos on that site right now. Yeah. Now, now, it's not the same as coming to our workshop. And, Scott, I really do hope that at some point she chooses to come with you. We'd love to meet you and love to meet her. Mm-hmm. But for all the rest of you guys out there, and, and Scott as well, there's a lot of videos, over 300, adding about three a week. Mm-hmm. And if you subscribe, you can know about all of those things. Yes. Um, what else we need to tell them very quickly because we're over time? To our audience? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, oh, we got a letter to read. You need we to hear ha- this. Yes. This is awesome. This, I'd forgotten about that. I'm sorry. It is awesome. Have you read it yet? No, but I know you don't bring them unless they're awesome. Oh, I'm excited about this one. This is hot <laughs> off the press. I mean, got it at 921 this morning. Okay. It's great. It's Monday morning, this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm on my 6 a.m. flight back to Alberta, Canada, and I can't stop crying of pure gratitude in my heart as I've just finished this incredibly, extremely powerful workshop with Dr. Joe Beam. I truly and sincerely believe with all of my heart that we owe it to ourselves as part of our duty being on earth to attend this workshop. Mm-hmm. The reason I believe this to the core of my being, this workshop has given me such insight on myself and others, and it has helped me understand everyone to a whole new level that I did not think could ever even be possible. 
I am extremely grateful for Dr. Joe Beam. This man will forever be in my heart. I will always have a very special place and carry him in my heart. If you are having a hard time understanding or communicating with your spouse, your children, your family, friends, or people in general, if you've been through trauma, an affair, or you're in the middle of a divorce, or you want to divorce, or you're dealing with some kind of addiction and you regret leaving your spouse, or if you feel your spouse doesn't communicate their emotions with you and you feel disconnected, or if you feel like you just can't seem to be successful in life, then this workshop is a must. I understand it probably won't be the end-all be-all, but this is the foundation to an amazing, fulfilling, great, happy life. I'm actually extremely grateful for the situation that brought me to this workshop, because if the situation would not have happened, I wouldn't have learned and gained all of the insights that I gained in such a short period of time and feel more connected to my spouse. I truly sincerely believe this new knowledge will help me be an even better person on earth and help understand me to a whole new level. I can't thank you enough, Dr. Joe Beam and Alice. Thank you for being a hero. Thank you for being so extreme for being so extremely nice and listening to your heart because you, Alice, made all of this possible. Mm. I and then she continues to go on. I don't think I can go a night without thanking God for Dr. Joe Beam and Alice what they do. Thank you sincerely with all of my heart. Wow. If I'd known she was saying nice things about me, I wouldn't have said such an awesome letter. <laughs> That's why I said, have you read it? <laughs> That's so fantastic. I remember, of course, this workshop just ended last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember this couple very vividly, mm-hmm. obviously. We have 23 more workshops this year. Mm-hmm. In this calendar year, we have 23 more. We've already done three so far this calendar year. Mm-hmm. We get to meet wonderful people like that. So and if indeed you guys can get here, we would love to have you in our workshop. Most mm-hmm. of the couples in there will be in some kind of crisis or trouble. Occasionally, you have couples that come through just because they want to make things better. Mm-hmm. And we will allow up to one engaged couple to come through each weekend. And you're going, wait a minute, a, a workshop or marriage is in crisis and you would love to have engaged couples? I think it's the best premarital e- uh, education you can possibly get because you're hearing not only from tremendous information, but in a room full of people that have messed it up mm-hmm. and are looking about how can we make it better. And so we'd love to have you. Just call us our, our toll-free number, which is 866 866- Nine zero three zero nine zero or go to marriagehelper.com. Kimberly, thank you for being on the program with Thanks us today. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys next week beginning at 1230 Central Time.